Hi, everybody. Jimmy DeYoung. Thanks for joining us here for a moment of study in God's prophetic word as we take a look at the book. I hold in my hands a five-hour series entitled Clear and Present Danger. My friend, we need to understand the times in which we're living. There's a fight against creationism. Satan's replacement theology is rampant in our world, and the preparations for ecclesiastical Babylon have been made. In addition to that, the global threat of Islam is reality today, and there is quite a mysterious silence in our churches on the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, these are some of the dangers. We're going to listen to the second in our study of a clear and present danger for today. So take a moment with us. Let's listen, and then I'll tell you how you can get your copy of this five-hour series entitled Clear and Present Danger. Go to Jeremiah chapter 31. There's going to be a new covenant. We talk about, as Christians, we are the new covenant people. Honey, we are not the new covenant people. The new covenant is not given to Christians. At least if the word is wrong, then go what it says here in chapter 31 and verse 31. Here's the new covenant that is given. Notice what it says here in verse 31. Behold, the days cometh, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant, notice, with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. The new covenant is for the Jew. Our replacement theology is correct. One or the other. I would say to you, the word of God is absolute. Jeremiah had breathed into him this message. I will give the new covenant to the nation of Israel and Judah. The Jewish people will have the new covenant. And contained within the new covenant is all the previous three covenants. Notice what it says, what's going to happen. Have you got chapter 31? Notice what it says that is going to take place. Verse 32, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts. I will write it in their hearts. I will put, I will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. That's what the new covenant is. They're going to have that land. They're going to be a nation. They're going to have a temple with a king sitting in it and a kingdom forever. Either that is correct or replacement theology is correct. And I would say Satan's replacement theology is absolutely incorrect. Oh, by the way, let, let me just say this. There is a possibility for God to replace the Jews. There is a possibility. There's the potential. Let me show you what you have to do. You got chapter 31, look at verse 37. Verse 37. Thus saith the Lord, if heaven above can be measured and the foundations of earth searched out beneath, I will cast off all the seed of Israel for for what they have done, saith the Lord. Just two little requirements. You got to measure the heaven above 
And you got to search out and find where the foundations of the earth are located. <laughs> Simple. Measure the heavens above. I was talking about the stars yesterday. A man walked up to me after the service. He said, isn't it amazing what we hear? The more and more these, uh, these uh, telescopes, these high-powered telescopes, reaching farther down into the uh, universe out there someplace. You know what? One of those high-powered telescopes has said there's a galaxy larger than ours. Twelve to 15 billion light years away. You know what a light year is? It's made up of traveling at 186,000 miles per second. That's seven times around the earth in one second. Now, honey, you take off traveling at that speed, not for one day, not for one year, not for a thousand, a million, a billion, but 15 billion years at that speed. And you get to the farthest galaxy that we know about. You want to go out there and measure that? Then you can replace the Jew. That's the only way you can replace the Jew. Or, oh no, maybe something similar. I mean easier, simpler. Find the foundations of the earth. <laughs> oh, I love that. By the way, you got chapter 31. Let me conclude with looking at a couple of things here in chapter 31 of Jeremiah. You don't want to know why replacement theology is incorrect? Chapter 31 of Jeremiah gives us an absolute foundation upon which to say that replacement theology is satanic. Look what it says in verse 8. Behold, I will bring them from the north country. Verse 9, they shall come with weeping and with supplication. Verse 10, hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, he that scattered Israel will gather him and keep him as a shepherd doth his flock. The resurrection of a people, the Jewish people, after 2,000 years. Notice it says, I will gather him from the north. If you have time Later on, look at chapter 16 of the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23. You know what it says over there? I will reach into the north. I will get these people. I will bring them into the land. You know what's north of Jerusalem, directly north? Moscow, Russia. You know what's happened since Judy and I moved to Jerusalem? 1.3 million Jews. That's a 37% increase in the population of the nation of Israel have come to live in the land. I will gather them out of 108 nations of the world. I will bring them into the land. He's resurrected a people. And we see it happening, proving that replacement theology is satanic. Look at the next thought he, he gives us. Verse 17. And there is hope in thine end, saith the Lord, that the children shall come again into their own border. Not only will there be a resurrected people, there's going to be a resurrected land. I told you about the land. A resurrected land. You know what God did in World War I? In World War I, God prepared a land for a people. General Allenby defeated the Turks in the Jezreel Valley, took the surrender from the Turkish Empire, the Ottoman Empire, and the Brits were given the land. In that process, they would give that land to Israel. So World War I, God prepared a land for a people. You know what happened in World War II? The Holocaust. God used that to prepare a people for a land. And so a resurrected people will live in a resurrected land. 
Look at verse 23. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, as yet ye shall use this speech in the land of Judah. What speech? Well, he's talking about blessing the Lord, and there's only one language you bless the Lord in, and that is Hebrew. The book of Zephaniah chapter 3 also says, I will return unto you a pure language. Miraculously, after 2,000 years, ask any linguist, it's never happened before, a dead language was resurrected. Eliezer ben Yehuda single-handedly resurrected the Hebrew language. Yesterday I was uh, giving you a few Hebrew words. Why? I want you to touch the fulfillment of prophecy. God resurrected a people. He resurrected their land. And these resurrected people in a resurrected land had their language resurrected. The new covenant which is promised to them. He said, I will resurrect a spiritual belief system. 29% of all Jews living in Israel are of orthodox persuasion. 25% are atheist agnostics, secular humanists. Israel leads the world per capita for abortions. So it's not a spiritual place. But the approximately 50% in the middle are God conscious. You know what they study in elementary school? The Torah, first five books of the Old Testament. You know what they study in junior high or middle age school? The prophets. They do this in the public school. You know what they study in senior high? The New Testament. Glory to God, man. <laughs> and they're turning to, no, they're not turning to Jesus. The reason they study the New Testament, have you ever seen a Jew that wasn't prepared to do business? The number one income in Israel comes out of tourism. And every Jew wants to know exactly where the spots are located so they know how to put up a stand and say, one dollar please as you walk in. But I don't care why they're studying the New Testament. My Bible says, my word shall not return unto me void. Remember old Philip out there in the desert and the Ethiopian eunuch comes riding by, <laughs> jumps up on a chariot. You understand what you're reading? No, I don't. Let me explain it to you. Now, when I live in Jerusalem, I just go, hey, you're reading? You got that for a junior high school assignment? Let me tell you what you're reading, man. <laughs> oh, one other thing. Notice here. In verse 39. And the measuring line shall go forth against the hills. And it's talking about the location and he talks about resurrecting the city of Jerusalem, June 7, 1967. General Luzi Narcus broke off of the Mount of Olives. He came across the Kidron Valley with an Israeli Defense Force contingent that would break through that lion's gate, make a left turn. They would go on to the Temple Mount. Big, husky Israeli Defense Force paratroopers, muscled men. Fighters, the best fighters, the elite fighters of the world, started bawling and crying like babies. They went to the most sacred piece of real estate in all of Judaism. And they had recaptured, reunited the city of Jerusalem. And now a resurrected people in a resurrected land, speaking a resurrected language with a resurrected interest in spiritual things had a resurrected city. And they put up signs, banners, bumper stickers, billboards. You know what the signs, the billboards, the bumper stickers, and the banners said? He kunu, laviat, hamashiach. 
translated from the Hebrew, prepare for the coming of the Messiah. Why? Because replacement theology is from Satan. God has promised in his book, he has a plan for the Jew. By the way, if we say he negates that plan to the Jew, let's just walk out of here. We have no reason to believe he would keep his promise to us. He doesn't keep it to the Jew. But I'm here to tell you, he'll keep it to the Jew, and he is keeping it to us. And all that is said in Jeremiah, indicative of the fact of where we are in his time, when he comes to set up that kingdom that is promised. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege and honor of being able to study your word, look at what it says, come to an understanding of what it means to us. And may we go from here with that better understanding to apply it to our lives for our everyday's activities. In thy precious name. Thank you for spending the time studying the prophetic word of God with us. The series that we have been listening to, or at least a portion of it, is entitled Clear and Present Danger. I talk about the fight against creationism, Satan's replacement theology, preparations for ecclesiastical Babylon, the global threat of Islam, and the mysterious silence of the church about the second coming of Jesus Christ. If you would like to get your copy, you can call our toll-free number at 877-674-3298. Now that number is toll-free from across America. Let me give it to you again, 877-674-3298. Or you can go to our website, prophecytoday.com, go to the shopping mall, and you can order this series, Clear and Present Danger, online. By the way, as you study through this five-hour series on issues that we are dealing with today, you will come to the realization that the return of Jesus Christ could be very, very close at hand. Now, that's the second coming back to Jerusalem. But seven years before, that's the rapture of the church. And actually, that could happen at any moment. There's nothing left for me to say then, except let's keep looking up until...